Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 213 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. You ready to talk about adventure again? Uh, Adventure part two. (laughs) Adventure part two. So today we are talking about adventure as a a family value, which might sound kind of weird when you think about family values. Um, You may remember that as as our more than mom, um, at the end of May, on May 26th, we talked about like some of our own adventures and it was a pretty funny conversation. Um, Because we pretty loosely define adventures, but we've still gotten ourselves into some goofy little, you know, pickles in our lives. Um, But now we're talking about cultivating a sense of adventure in your family, which is different. You know, it doesn't mean necessarily like hanging off the side of a mountain or or going in the woods or anything like that. It can really just be a mindset. I I agree. And I think, well, I don't know. I look up to you in this area because I feel like you do have this central in your family. And I, I think it can start really young. It doesn't have to mean you're the family that goes, you know, camping or backpacking or international traveling with a whole bunch of little kids. Right. I think it can be simpler than that. And I do think we kind of live in this time where it's pretty easy to get dominated by fear or other kind of obstacles to adventure. So I like this as an aspirational value. And then I think it can, I think it can be molded to fit whatever, whatever else your family is like and, and yeah. what it does and how much money, you know, you have for adventure and all of those things can work around, but having it as kind of a, a guiding principle or value, I think is, is nice. I like it. I like it too. All right. So before we dive into that, we're going to take a quick break and then off we go on an adventure. We're so excited to be working with Save the Children this summer. It's an organization we both admire and the work they're doing around kids and literacy right now is outstanding. Save the Children believes every child has the right to a basic education. But right now in our country, kids who live in poverty are starting school behind. 60% of them don't even have a single book to read at home. We know from the research that getting these kids caught up in language and literacy is key and it's got to happen early. Save the Children's new effort is called Read a Story, Change Their Story. And it's designed to give moms like us, who are fortunate enough to have books at home and read to our kids already, a way to help kids in need. All you have to do is read with your little ones, log the reading time at savethechildren.org read. And throughout the summer, generous organizations and partners will donate books to U.S. schools and support Save the Children's education initiatives with other resources. Now, you guys know we don't love keeping reading logs as homework, but we do love that this is an easy way parents and kids can do something they already enjoy with all the summer reading we're already doing and then help others at the same time. If logging your minutes online seems hard, here's a tip. Set a reminder in your calendar for the last day of the month and plan to head to savethechildren.org read and just give your best estimate for how much you've read. No need to be too specific about it. What matters is that you're reading and helping kids. And little bursts of reading really add up. 15 minutes a day, the time it takes to do a bedtime story times 30 days will make it 450 minutes for the month of June. And knowing that the simple act of logging our reading is helping not only our kids avoid summer learning loss, but also a school and a family in need makes it totally worth it. Get started at savethechildren.org slash read. And thanks so much to Save the Children for the work they're doing for kids and for sponsoring this episode. Okay, guys, we are well into June now and your phone is filling up with those great end of school and summer photos already. So do not miss this deal we've got going with chat books because it ends on June 30th. 
The code, I know, right? <laughs> Get it done. The code the mom hour gets you $10 off, which could actually cover the cost of a whole book because their soft cover books start at just $10. I love how easy the Chatbooks app makes it to create a photo book right from your phone. You can use your Instagram feed or just the photos in your phone's library. I've actually gone back and made one book per year of just my favorite, you know, 30 or 40 photos for the year. And the kids love pulling them off the shelf to look through them. They're even just the right size for little hands. They've got a six by six or an eight by eight. So they're relatively small. The kids love to look through them. I know it seems like one more thing to do to download a new app and make a book, but I promise you guys this is easy. And the $10 deal is going to go away at the end of this month. So get the app, make a book, Use that code, the mom hour, and you will thank us later. So do it. Yes. <laughs> I think this is going to be my weekend project. Yes. Okay. So here we go. Last month, as you mentioned, Megan, we did a whole more than mom episode about our own adventurousness. And we kind of laughed about the ways that we are and maybe are not so adventurous, but we didn't really talk about the kids at all. No, um, we didn't. Other than saying that motherhood is one of the great <laughs> it's adventures. Like the adventure, yes. <laughs> the, and yes. so if that's the only adventure you're having lately, that's totally legit. It counts. Um, so I guess let's just open this up generally and tell me about adventure as kind of a value in your family. Is this important to you that your kids grow up with a spirit of adventure or a culture of adventure in your family? Yeah. I mean, it's really important to me, but I just, again, like, I think when we think adventure, we think like people like hiking up a mountain or like, you know, deep sea diving or mm -hmm. something. And, and I, I think for me, it can mean a lot of different things. And what I'm really trying to get at with my kids is like a sense that they can handle the unexpected and, mm. and that with the right attitude, they can manage that or even have fun with that. It's really, I mean, I think it's really important that kids learn resilience mm. and um, kind of a can do attitude and optimism and creative problem solving. And all of those things come when you are exposed unexpected experiences, mm -hmm. AKA adventure. Mm -hmm. um, I also think it's curiosity. So like if you're always just going down the same path, like sometimes you have to be willing to stop and flip over a rock and see what's under it. Mm -hmm. And that's curiosity, but that also leads to little adventure. So to me, it's a really like a very broadly defined term, but really important. Yeah, I would, I would say same. And if you listened to that more than mom episode, and if you know me, it doesn't seem like I'm someone who would just grab adventure by the two shoulders and, you know, break <laughs> by it. some other body part <laughs> or horns. What do you grab adventure by? I don't um, know. Let's does leave it, that for another episode. <laughs> does it have horns? File that one away. We'll, we'll revisit that. Um, but what I do want is all the things that you mentioned for my kids. Curiosity, um, a, a feeling of self-reliance, like exactly like you said, that if when met with a set of unforeseen circumstances that they have it within themselves to solve it or like you said mm. even enjoy it and so yes that is super important to me and I think sometimes as a mom if you do feel like you're limited in certain ways like if I maybe don't if I lack spontaneity a little bit or if I don't love fun as much as the next mom sometimes I kind of want that for my kids and so it's not that I'm not beating myself up about it, but I think there are areas of parenting where you see in yourself maybe some limitations and you want more for your kids. So I, yeah. maybe I want my kids to be a little bit more physically adventurous than I was or than I am. So yeah, it's definitely a value. But like you said, I think um, it's it's played out differently. I think that it, the ages that my kids are right now is really... I feel like every episode I mention this in some way, we're really in a shift now with the youngest being six of what we can do with travel, what everybody can do 
just physically and and safely and safety mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of those things. So it it does it makes me excited to think about this really like this spirit of adventure and what it means for the next phase of our family. So yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, you're coming into that. You're coming into that time period. Yeah, so it's yeah. Let's let's adventure. Yes. Um, okay, so I was gonna. I thought this might be kind of fun. Um, we talk a lot about personality on this show, um, and longtime listeners, you know us pretty well. But I want you to tell me what are a couple of things that you, as a mom, naturally bring. What are some assets that you naturally bring to this idea of? creating a family culture around adventure. So you have to, you have to say nice things about yourself. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so you, yeah, go for it. You can go first. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm kind of like just naturally adventurous because I like novelty. Um, I have a novelty seeking personality, um, which means I tend to look for things that are different and outside the norm. Mm-hmm. And I do that as a mom as well as, you know, just doing that for myself. And I'm really good at making do of like the other, the flip side of adventure is when something bad happens to you, how do you, <laughs> yeah. how do you make the most of it? Right. And I'm really, that's kind of where I excel. I'm it's really good. Power. Yeah. It is my superpower. I'm really good at being um, adaptable and seeing a challenge and rising to that challenge and, and, you know, kicking it and smashing it to the ground, but, <laughs> um, and just making the best of it. But what's interesting about that is on the flip side, when life is good and calm and stable, um, I sometimes kind of forget about the like modeling adventure to my kids part. Like Mm -hmm. I can still kind of relegate, like I still do that for myself, but I start to relegate it to something for myself that I do on my own. Mm -hmm. And then I can easily get kind of stagnant with the kids. Um, If I let, let routines get embedded because they're easier. um, I can tend to get a little lazy and let inertia take over. So it's kind of this, like I have to think about things like creating little senses of, of adventure, even when not under stress or in mm-hmm. some big event or project. And that's a little harder for me. I tend to go like big spikes and then yeah, that's like, so when interesting. things are even, I even out. It's almost like when adventure is thrust upon you, you are on your A game. Like you, right. that yes. is like you're in your zone. But mm-hmm. if it isn't, then you're left to seek it out, which, yeah, I mean, if you think about, especially early motherhood, why would, we talked about this when we talked about going outside with kids, like, why would you (laughs) seek out more adventure than you already have, especially when your kids are little? But I agree, just knowing you, I think that is totally your superpower of just, um, not just being okay when things happen unexpectedly, but like almost leaning in and like, yeah, like, bring it on. Let's just go with it. And it's, it's funny because I think, um, I wrote about this actually in our most recent, um, newsletter mm-hmm. essay, uh, like the little letter that we started the newsletter with. And I think it's so easy when your kids are really little and you're just surviving. And it's like, if you can get through a day with nothing going wrong, <laughs> AKA adventure, um, that's a successful day. Right. And then we bring that muscle memory forward as they get older. And sometimes we avoid things going off routine because we are used to the, terrible consequences of a baby missing a nap or a diaper blowout. And then you realize like when they're 10, it's a very different story. When you're 10, sometimes going off of the routine is the best thing ever. Yes. And you like, you're still thinking like the mom of a toddler. So it's like, you have to relearn. You have to like relearn every stage. Yes. No, I I have, I've said before how for a long time, I, when we'd plan a day, I would think about the hours from one to three o'clock as like a, a no-go because somebody right. needed to nap. But it took me, I don't know, like two years to untrain my brain that like we could go out to lunch and keep going somewhere from right. in those early afternoon <laughs> yeah. hours because no one was yeah. napping. Um, okay. Well, I agree. I think those are huge assets that you bring naturally. So on the flip side, 
Um, I think something that I bring naturally to this is I I love to solve problems. I love to plan and do research. And I'm really confident navigating systems of all kinds, whether that's an airport system or a bus schedule mm. or like a I'm not afraid of those types of like, how do I figure out how to be in this new system? I think this comes up a lot in travel. Um, I make a great travel buddy because I like maps and schedules and like figuring out how does this new land work and how how can we maximize our fun here by just having like get the lay of the land like I'm really good at like I'm always the one to like call ahead and get the scoop and like read up online so that we don't get you know we don't show up on the day it's closed and like I'm good at that I'm good (laughs) at that kind of stuff you're great at that stuff and I'm I'm pretty I think I think I don't know maybe someone would disagree but I think that once I've done that initial planning then I'm pretty good at just just showing up and going with the flow but I like that um, like scout. It's like an adventure scout. So I make a good adventure yeah. scout. And I think that has benefited my kids. Um, you know, we've talked on this show about the flip side of that is you, you do need your kids to be okay when there is no plan or when you do show right. up and, and stuff is closed. And so that's something I've had to work with my kids on that flexibility. And part of that comes from having a mom who usually has all the bases covered. So it's never, it's always, there's always like, there's always that flip side. But um, I think that's I think that's something I bring naturally. So I'm not the most spontaneous, but I am. That's part of the fun for me is yeah. like figuring this it out. is a t- like a, a challenge that we can tackle together and let's figure it out together and then do it and embrace it. So I, I agree. You're very useful as a travel buddy. <laughs> um, I think one of the things I've noticed about traveling with you is that then it takes I, I like to look ahead. But I don't like to plan ahead. So I like to like look and say, oh, there's this restaurant. It looks great. And then that's as far as I get. I'm mm-hmm. probably unless I end up taking on that role in like with my family, I am that person because I have to be. Right. But with you, as I like to defer that to you. And I love that, like, you'll give me all these options so that I know kind of what, like, what we could do. Yeah. But I will say you're more spontaneous than I think. Like, I don't think you're personally spontaneous, but you seem to go along with other people's spontaneity. Yeah. yeah I think- uh, it's just not you necessarily being the one to start it. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I do think I'm comfortable both taking charge. If it's my role to take charge of, a, of an excursion, I will do it. But I also really enjoy not being the one in charge. It's almost like it, it's got to be one yeah. or the other. I really don't like when you're, you know, when you're like trying to decide where to go as a group with people. Yeah, no, and like I torture. hate that committee feeling. Like someone has to be the person to decide and I'll either go along or decide, but. Yes, it's got to be one, like or, one or the other. And I don't need, I definitely <laughs> don't need to be the one in charge all the time. So I'm happy to kind of go with the flow. And yeah, well, thank you for saying that I'm, I'm easygoing. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's not yeah, a compliment yeah. I receive very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we travel, maybe it's because you've done so much pre-work that you can allow yourself. I think, to I mean, I think that is how it works for me yeah. internally and, and for my kids as well, since we're talking about parenting. I think when, when we do that groundwork, then, then it's, we're free to just look around and, you know, turn over rocks and stones. And unlike children, so far I have not thrown a tantrum while traveling with you, which may also take no, some of the pressure And off. you deserve to have <laughs> thrown a tantrum on a couple of your recent travel adventures. Oh my goodness. You guys, if we have not talked about this on the show, side note, Megan has had the worst travel karma for like, well, the, I, like all of 20, January. Yeah, all of 2019. I was trying to think if it went back farther than that. I think it I mean, started in January this year. Things yeah. like showing up and having like four flights canceled in a row for no reason. Like, like <laughs> really just, And I'm just sitting in the airport like, I mean, I've had now twice where I've had to add a day on to a trip because. No storms in May. Like yeah. this kind of. This yeah, kind it was of, just ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. So. Okay. <sighs> but I'm glad I was alone in the, and not with my children. Yes. Day, oh, totally. Um, Okay, so the flip side of our natural 
assets, and I can go first on this one. Okay. Um, what are some obstacles or some personality like conflicts that you've encountered trying to be an adventure mom and just running up against, you know, your own natural yeah. tendencies? For me, um, it's it's simple, but it's a big one. I don't like to be physically uncomfortable. I don't like yeah. to be too hot, too cold. I don't like the sun in my eyes. I don't like crowds. I don't like to be overtired. You get the idea. So that, I mean, if we're talking about classic adventures, those are things that often you got to get through those things to to have it be worth it. And for right. sometimes for me, it just feels not worth it. So I have to, that's a challenge for me. And then I'm also, I can be anxious in unpredictable situations. So there are certain types of adventures when we talk about thrill seeking or a little bit of danger or even just things where there's so many unknowns. I don't mind some unknowns, but like really where it feels like very unpredictable is not my strong suit. So, you know, those are things that I just have to kind of weigh. I have to balance. I have to weigh how important are those things to honor in myself versus push through for the sake of family adventure. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it's, I mean, recognizing that about yourself means that you can do that. Right. Yeah. So, and there's ways to, there's also ways to um, mitigate things like heat, sun mm -hmm. in your eyes. Yeah. Like if you just know ahead of time that that's a like a deal breaker for your fun. Yeah. Like there are ways to, or like crowded or tired. Yes. Like you go at a different time of day, you know, you go when it's less crowded, you yeah. go, you make sure you get a good night's sleep. Like knowing that about yourself, like self-awareness really makes yeah. all things Agreed. possible. I Agreed. Think. Um, so all I put in the notes is that I have screwed up so many things. <laughs> lol. So my, I guess both my, uh, superpower and my kryptonite in this situation is that, I just can really rush into things and take them by the horns mm -hmm. or the, I think you were looking Shoulders. for like a different part of the anatomy earlier and almost said <laughs> it on this G rated show. Um, and I don't always feel like I need to do a ton of planning and like, and I, I'm, I like to be spontaneous and just try stuff. And that means I do things like, I don't know, my car, I should never have a new car again. It's a mess. Like yeah. it's dinged up and scraped and, and like, and that's not because I'm like driving down the high, like barreling down the highway at 90. It's just because I would do something like, I think I can get that parking spot. Why not? And yeah. then, you know, like it's that why not that leads you to a great things and leads you to bruises and losing things. I'm just clumsy. I'm yeah. kind of like both physically and emotionally clumsy. <laughs> but so it's, I don't know, like it's, it's fun and stuff, but there's just like, I'm kind of the kind of person, like a more buttoned up person would maybe like, be like inwardly rolling their eyes out a little bit thinking, oh boy, how's this going to go? And a lot of the times it goes fine. Right. Um, but when it does it, it tends to kind of spectacularly go wrong. So I think one time you know. when we talked about travel, you described yourself as like the one from Peanuts with the cloud of, um, yes. <laughs> which one is that? It's not, it's not Linus. It's, it's just dirty pig boy. Pen, I don't right? know. Pig pen. Pig pen. Yes. And he's always got like flies coming off him. And yes. I'm not, this is not me describing you. You described yourself like in a, in a travel situation as having this kind of trail of chaos in your yes. wake, like things spilling out of your bag. Yes. I don't know. I doesn't, when we've traveled together, when I observe you, it is not like, there's no moral judgment in that. Like, it's just, I mean, so I don't think of it as screwing up, but I hear what you're saying. Like, yeah, the part of you that's, you know, up for anything and can make the best of the best of any situation is also the part that, you know, maybe didn't think everything all the way through. Yeah. And, you know, you do come up, you figure out workarounds, you, you figure out just like you figure out workarounds 
for some of your limitations, right? Yeah. I have figured out workarounds for mine. Like I know I will lose tickets. The minute I have a ticket in my hand, (laughs) it becomes non-existent. It's like my (laughs) hand is some kind of portal (laughs) to like another world where the tickets all are. They're all the movie tickets I lost in my life and plane tickets. They're all up there. So we're like floating around in a cloud, but like somehow, so now I'm so, excuse me, I'm so careful. Like when I go through security, I take my boarding passes out of my purse. I don't even keep them on my phone. I don't trust my phone. Like I have to have a physical copy because I'll be the one who will like accidentally delete it somehow. Right. So I'll have it in my hand when I go through security. Cause I don't want like, what would happen if I forgot my purse or something yeah. like, those are just the kinds of things. Like I just have come up with systems yeah. to mitigate my natural clumsiness and, and the way um, that that can make back, travel backfire. But yeah. it still happens. And when I travel with kids, it's more likely to happen. Like, so for myself now, I've gotten pretty good. Like right. I can get through an airport without losing anything. But the last time Clara and I flew together, I left her coat at security. Mm. Then we did a mad dash back to get it. And uh, at, in doing so, I think like I left my credit card at the pizza place, like something like, <laughs> so it was like all this, you know, madness going yeah. on. Yeah. Having another human that the, I was responsible for. The trail you know, of chaos, just the, trail the cloud of, of, the cloud of yeah, flies. The pig pen ex- cloud. Yeah, expanded. Oh my gosh, <sighs> I just laughed so hard at that. The, the portal <laughs> of missing tickets. Oh, like in Mary Poppins Returns, the song, The Place Where Lost Things Go. Yes, that is, that's that is it. where all your tickets are. Yep. Um, my kids, we're still liking that album. It's cute. <laughs> um, okay, so we've established kind of our own styles here. So what are some ways that we intentionally try to bring a culture of adventure into our families. And I'm particularly thinking of now everyday life, like not when you're in the airport or traveling. Um, I can go first or you can, you you tell me. You go first. Okay. Um, So in, in everyday family culture, I just thought of a couple things. Um, One is I think, I think we're pretty good about taking the time to celebrate or acknowledge one of the kids when they do something that is particularly new or brave. So like somebody tries a new sport or performs on stage for the first time or, you know, just reaches a milestone that they fought for. And the thing is, the kids aren't thinking of that was brave or that was adventurous. So I think it takes us putting language around it. And it might be as simple as like we raise a glass at dinner and say, you know, Violet did something really brave today. She tried a new sport and that's not always easy. So we're just kind of putting language around that in our family, that's something that we value. And we also recognize that it's not easy. I think sometimes kids, life is hard for kids. Like they are going through Mm. anxieties and fears and challenges all day, every day. So I think sometimes they don't even realize that what they did is worth mentioning. And and it's not that they like aced a test or, you know, did the recital, the things like the big things that everybody acknowledges them for. But I think I try and put language around the little things and have them think, oh, that was brave that I did that today. Like I met a new friend or I did something for the first time. Um, so I think as a, as a family culture, we're good about just pausing to recognize that. And honestly, it's usually just a comment. Like I might make a comment in the car over dinner or something. It's not like we're taking them out for ice cream or something. Right. But just just taking the time to acknowledging make Acknowledging it. Yeah, acknowledging yeah. that. Um, yeah. And I think that sort of, even though they didn't set out to to be on an adventure in doing that thing, I think hopefully it's kind of, putting this foundation in place where as a family, trying new things, um, you know, conquering our fears or facing our fears, like those are parts of 
our family values. And I think then that leads into adventure because when you are faced with bigger adventures, you need those same kind of skills. Exactly. Um, And then the other one I thought of is we love to tell family stories like family lore. And I know you guys in your family do this too. Like my kids just know all of these family stories. They call them talkabouts because when Allegra was little, she would say, will you talk about, talk about the time such and such happened. Talk about, talk about. So we call them talkabouts. And a lot of them, not all of them, some of them are funny stories. Some of them are about people my kids don't actually really even know, but they're, they're funny stories we tell over and over again. And a lot of them involve somebody getting lost or some kind of adventure. And until we were prepping this episode, I hadn't really seen the tie-in. I see that as telling family stories, which is another kind of value of ours. But I do think it relates to adventure because I think what we're doing is kind of creating this narrative that like crazy stuff happens. It You get over it. You make the best of it. And it becomes a story. So the yeah. thing, things going wrong, those mishaps like you were talking about that you're kind of naturally good at handling, those become our family stories. And then we tell them and it's almost like telling our own adventure stories. So even if our days are relatively normal and mundane, we're kind of celebrating those, those little adventures that happen to people in our family. So, and that's like, and that the whole idea of like a little adventure or people telling those stories about their lives. You've seen the movie Big Fish, right? Um, Have you seen that movie? I don't know if I have. It's a good movie. It's, it's kind of, now it's like 90s. Gosh, it's so old now, but it's, about this person's kind of like extraordinary life. And I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but I feel like I get to the end and you think this whole thing was made up. Mm-hmm. Like it's this, yeah. like you're, this guy learning about his grandpa, like telling all these fantastical oh. stories for when I think his grandpa, I'll have to like, okay. I, I'm not, I'm doing this movie an injustice <laughs> right now. Um, but it's got that really cute guy from Moulin Rouge. Okay. I'll stop there. But it's kind of like that, like making something larger than yes. life yes. Is, has value to it. Yeah. Um, or like the, did you see the movie about Walter Mitty? I can't remember what that one was called. Something. Nope. The one. Okay. So that's another one that I, I don't remember if that's kid friendly. Okay. But I think those are both good movies to watch with kids if they're, if they're within, I think Big Fish for sure is. Okay. But it's kind of this idea about life is an adventure, even if at the end of it, like maybe not every, maybe like the tall tales got a little taller yeah. and taller as time went on. Yeah. And the talkabouts became a little more exaggerated, yeah. but that's like, that's like one ingredient to a life, yeah. right? Is telling your story. And I think I with that. I think we've talked about um we're going to talk more about this later, but the whole like helicopter parenting and how as a culture we've gotten increasingly like closer reins around our kids. Yeah. Like a lot of the stories we tell involve like my dad got left somewhere and drove a truck 30 miles when he was 9 years old and that is yeah. a true story. And your kids are probably like They're mouths like, hanging open yes. like what? Exactly. Yes. Like I don't want my 9-year-old to get in a small semi truck and drive it 30 miles. But the fact that that happened to someone in our family and that we laugh about it and tell, and like, yeah. that's a like, tell me again, like tell that story again. And so, yeah, I love that. I love that piece of it. And and maybe yeah. there's a, there's a 2019 equivalent of a kid being really scrappy and resilient that, you yeah. know, that my kids would embrace if not driving a truck. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. So how about you? What are some little ways that you do this yeah. daily? Well, well, one thing that I thought of while you were talking actually is that um, I think it's really important not to let this be like a one and done, like something that you attempt once. And if you A, aren't brave enough or B, don't make it like that's it, it's over. Um, these are like little things that we do over and over and they can be slow and gradual. Like the kid who doesn't want to get in the pool one year at yeah. all. And then the next year they're willing to put a foot in. And then you don't talk about them as kids who don't swim. You right. don't ever say like, Oh, that's, um, you know, that's Bobby 
he's terrified of the water. I'm always going to have to have a life jacket on him for the rest of his life. Like, right. just like just allowing for the fact that Bobby is going to continue, like even if he refuses to get in the pool for swim lessons this year, that doesn't mean that next year right. he won't or right. the following year he won't. Um, one example that popped into my head and then Clara was actually that person. She cried mm-hmm. at every swim lesson she went to between like the ages of three and five. I finally pulled her out. It was like, this is silly. Yeah. And now she loves the water. Yeah. It just took her time. She's kind of an anxious kid. She likes to do stuff on her own pace. Um, she, you know, was really into musical theater. I do a lot of theater. I direct kids theater. So she's had a lot of exposure and has had many opportunities to audition and has always at the last minute yeah. decided she would prefer not to, and then regretted it because she didn't get to be in the show. And, you know, there's, yeah. So like she, I think she's going to get there, but it's taking her like five years now. Like maybe there's some awkwardness she has to get past first, or she just has to get super comfortable as a reader before she's comfortable standing up and reading out of a script. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but I do think at some point, um, something's going to shift or a a switch is going to flip for her. And like, I can't, I don't want to prejudge that or yeah. I, I don't want to take away options just because she hasn't taken advantage yes. fully of the options yet. So I just keep getting her in front of it again and again and again, because I know she wants to. It's not like I'm pushing it like I'm a stage mom. I, she really wants it, um, yeah. but she's just not ready to yeah. do it. Um, two other things that popped into my head as just like the, the role modeling, um, having a good attitude about changes, like this is going to sound so silly. But like if an if a store changes their layout and I want to gripe about it the entire time I'm at the store because I hate that, what would it look like if I was like, wow, this is a totally different layout. It's going to take us a little longer, huh? And like just having a good like good having a good attitude about that stuff or like, say, you know, your spouse or partner suddenly had a different schedule and they're not home at the old dinner time anymore. And you have to change that, like just modeling that things like in life things change Mm -hmm. and that we can tackle those changes um, with a good attitude. And then I think the last one for me was maybe getting in front of things, like doing things before you're forced to do them. So one thing I was thinking of is the first time I drove, it was a long car ride. I want to say all the way from Lansing to Minneapolis or maybe from Chicago to Lansing. I don't remember, but it was like four or five hours Mm -hmm. or or longer. And I decided to take all the kids solo because John couldn't go and they were little. And I didn't have to. I could have waited. But it was like, I thought to myself, well, what are the kids and I going to learn from this trip? Like, how am I going to do things like navigate potty breaks? Clara wasn't even born yet. So this was like a mom and four little boys. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be traveling alone with them. So what are we going to do when we have to stop to use the bathroom? And just things like that. It was actually really funny. We came up with like, (laughs) it was a very funny trip. There were some stressy moments. I did not have any crying infants. That would have been like torture. I I don't think I would have gone that far. but. Like I kind of did it before I had to do it because I felt like that made me embrace it a little more and not feel like I'd been abandoned. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so, so yeah, I think that just like getting in front of stuff like that, having a good attitude, just like that can do attitude makes a big difference. I love that. And I think as you're talking, I'm thinking how many opportunities um, we have. And if your kids are really little, you already have these opportunities with a couple of toddlers in the backseat. I, I think one area I could probably get way better is running late. I don't like to be late. Mm. Um, and that's another one where my kids will even ask, are we going to be late? And I'm like, oh, man, I've done this to them. You know, like they're they're unnecessarily anxious about being late. And it's probably my fault. But that's just another place where you could say, OK, well, we're, you know, modeling the the no big deal or the, you know, is this really... Is this really a 
catastrophe to be right. five minutes late to this. Right. And so there's so many tiny opportunities. I love the idea. I love the example you gave about walking into your grocery store and they've moved everything, you know, <laughs> is that a hassle or is it an adventure? And, right. you know, we're not always going to be perfect in our modeling, sure. but I love that as just a little way you can do that all the time. Well, and, because- and we can also rein ourselves in, right? If our first initial reaction is, ugh, I don't yeah. have time for this today. Then you can still go, yeah, but you know what? Like, it's almost like you can like let your kids watch you yes. dial, like work through it out loud in front of them. Like, but it's not the end of the world. We're going to figure it out. Like, help me, yep. you know, like point out. If you see things in the wrong place, let me know. Like you can involve them in it. Yep. No, I, I love that. I think that's such, such a good one. Um, okay. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we will be back in just a minute with more adventure. Well, my mother-in-law retired earlier this year from her job of more than 30 years, and it was a really big deal. Brian flew out for the party and everything, but we were really struggling for a gift idea, something meaningful and different. And oh my gosh, I'm so glad that PaintYourLife.com came on my radar right about this time because it ended up being the perfect gift. We used Paint Your Life to have an original oil painting created from a snapshot I'd taken last summer of my oldest sitting on a porch swing at my mother-in-law's house in Rhode Island. The painting turned out incredible, and I just got a text from my mother-in-law saying she got it, and it it blew her mind. So wow. here's here's how it works. You upload a photo to paintyourlife.com, and mine was not a professional photo, just an iPhone snapshot. And they match you with an artist who will render an original piece of art inspired by that photo. You can even choose the artist whose work you like best and work with them throughout the process. There's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, they'll refund your money. And it's really fun to browse the site and see what other people are commissioning. You can do a landscape. You can do a pet a portrait and there's different styles too. Yeah, I did um, an acrylic painting because it was just something I had snapped of the beach with my kids like in the water. Um, And I loved the photo. It was one of those I kept going back to over and over to look at on my phone. Um, But I did acrylic because it says on the Paint Your Life website that acrylics tend to be a little bit richer colors. So that's why I chose that. Um, Because sometimes beach scenes get a little washed out. It's Mm -hmm. just like sand and water and air. So this, it's beautiful. I love it. Oh, that's so great. So here's the offer right now, you guys. You're going to get 30% off your painting as a limited time offer. 30% and free shipping. So if you want to see my painting, they will actually show it to you. And to get this special offer, text the word MOM to 797979. Again, M-O-M to 797979. You'll get to see my painting. So one more time, text the word MOM to 797979. And message and data rates may apply. Okay, everyone, last call for our listener survey. This is your chance to let us know what you think of the show and what you'd like to hear more of, maybe what you'd like to hear less of. Hey, we can't make any promises, but uh, we want to hear from you. And we've already heard from hundreds of you. Thank you so much. And we've learned some really interesting things. For example, 37% of you listen while driving or commuting and 44% listen while doing chores or taking care of things around the house. Do you fall into one of those categories or maybe another one? This is your chance to tell us. The survey is still up at themomhour.com slash survey, and it takes just a couple of minutes to fill out. You can do it right now on your phone even. Again, just head to themomhour.com slash survey. Thanks, everybody. Okay, so you touched on this, Megan, and I want to dive in a little bit more because um, you and I both have kids who tend anxious, and a lot of our listeners do. So let's talk about kind of how we've parented individual kids with this spirit of adventure, and in particular the anxious kids, because this is obviously, there are some kids who (laughs) seek out adventure and don't have any problem, but a lot of kids um, are fearful. And I think as a mom, it's not easy to know, you know, like you were talking about with the water or the theater, you know, how hard to push. So do you want to just maybe go into that a little bit more and how you've, how you've parented kids who are adventure resistant? 
Yeah, well, I also wanted to, so Clara does have anxiety and she and she's very self-aware about her anxiety, which is helpful. Like yeah. she knows she's anxious and she'll talk about it, which is actually really helped me as a mom because it helped me identify it. Like really, I thought maybe she was just really shy and sweet and like reserved. And, and she has articulated to me her anxiety since she was very young. Um, but then also on the other side, Owen doesn't really love to get into adventures. And it's kind of like, he's just kind of naturally argumentative and he just doesn't see the point. Like, like he just, his whole thing is like, why would we do that? That's dumb. Like he doesn't get it. And so both kids for their own personality reasons, um, can be resistant to things. But what I've also noticed about both of them is that they're almost always glad they did it later. Like if, if I can somehow get them to do it, they're pretty happy that they did, or at least they're not mad that they did. Right. So I've gotten like, this is going to sound awful and I'm going to justify, not justify, qualify this a lot, but I've gotten more comfortable with like making, and I'm putting that in air quotes, them do stuff, which doesn't look like, you know, dragging a terrified kid onto a diving board and like kicking. No, I totally, I totally know what you mean. And I totally (laughs) make my kids do adventures sometimes. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. It's more subtle. It's like, I might use some guerrilla tactics. I might bargain. I might just talk them till they're just, they don't want to hear me talk about it anymore. And they'll just do it. I might gently bribe them. I might set up a condition around something like you try this, like you really want that thing. First, we're going to try this thing Mm -hmm. and then we'll get to your thing. And you know, if I know they're going to be glad they tried something and 90% of the time they are, um, I'm willing to go through like some serious mental gymnastics to win. And because for me, the win is they did it. Yeah. And you know, and like, I don't know, like it's, I'm not cajoling. It's not quite like that. I'm sure you, you know, all yes. moms probably know what I'm kind of talking yes. about. You go, you go through the mental gymnastics. It's like, how do I get the yes. outcome I want? Yes. What set of psychology tools do I use? to get us there. Right. Yeah. And then I put them into play. And so besides the stuff I mentioned, like earlier with Clara, letting her really go very gradually down that path and everything else, I do a fair amount of, come on, mm-hmm. come on, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what about you? Yeah. So, I mean, much the same. I was thinking about this um, the other day. I sent you a picture of Violet who I said, we're going tide pooling. This is a perfect example. We're up oh, in yeah. Santa Barbara right now. And um, the tide was really low at a time when I it was perfect. I was like, we're just going to go down there. And it's so fun to go tide pooling. You're either sea anemones and there's little crabs. Yeah, and it is you, really fun. You can't do it at any time of day. And I happened to check the low tide. There I go. See, with being the adventure yeah, scout, yeah. I knew when it was going to be low tide. It was a good time for us to sneak out for an hour. And it was one where I was not giving a choice. I wasn't saying, does anyone want to go tide pooling? I was saying, we are going down to the beach. Go put your shoes on. Um Violet came out of the office with a post-it note on her forehead that said, I do not want to go to the beach. You know, she's in that (laughs) really like all misspelled. Yeah, she's in that really cute phonetic (laughs) spelling. And she wore it on her forehead, like as if I was going to she'd already told me she didn't want to go to the beach. But she she just wanted you to like she just wanted to like wear a sign. Yes. 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 And for her, it's not an anxiety, but it is a she doesn't like the wet sand. It is kind of Mm -hmm. a sensory issue, which is related to anxiety. So I didn't give a choice. I was very matter of fact about it. We went and I got uh, I got it on video like 20 minutes later, her frolicking out in the tide pools, so happy. And, and you could hear her little voice go, this is funner than I thought. <laughs> so like, oh, it's just a I perfect it. example of like, th- she did need to be quote unquote 
forced or or pushed, but I did it lovingly. I think one one mistakes not mistake, but one thing we do sometimes is assume that our kids are going to be a hundred percent on board with what we have decided is the adventure. So then we say because things it seems like, so fun, yeah. And then so we're like, <laughs> who wants to go do this? And then if they say I don't want to, like you're, you're Owen, like, I don't or, care, yeah. And then you're <laughs> then you're like, oh well, I did ask who wants right. to go. And so I have gotten better about saying. This afternoon, we are going on a hike. And it's it's even better for me because as someone who sometimes is adventure resistant, I need to say, this is what we're doing. It's not it's not an opt-in um, right. situation. So the other thing I wanted to comment on about the anxious kids, um, and you you spoke to this with going gradually. I think sometimes as a mom, we 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 meet that anxiety with almost an opposite, an equal and opposite pull so that we want to like... We want to prove to them how fun this is going to be. Like, right. let's just go on the roller coaster. It's going to be so fun, I promise. Or like, this is the most fun babysitter ever. You're going to love her. And we we put our energy into convincing them that like the opposite of what they fear is true. And mm-hmm. I think what what has been more effective for me is like you said, the little tiny baby steps and then celebrating those baby steps. So I I one time had a chance to ask a therapist about this with kids with um, anxiety and some like OCD like behaviors. And she's like, it's all about putting them just in their place of discomfort, but not so far that they are freaking out or shutting down. And that's the place where you just observe like the kid who is like terrified of bugs. And a lot of kids are it may not be like we're going on a weekend camping trip and you're just going to expose you like like extreme exposure therapy. Yeah. It might be as simple as like, let's go sit on the front steps for five minutes and count butterflies. And, you know, once the timer goes off after five minutes, we can go inside. And like, it's those little baby steps, like you said, with Clara and the theater and the, and just the patience, the patience mm. of um, trusting that that is an adventure for them. So we don't have to be like, put on the the costume and do the dance of like, see how fun this is? Because yes. for an anxious kid, it probably isn't fun yet. Yeah, right. Yes. Like the roller coaster is not fun if they're terrified of roller coasters, but maybe a ride on the swing is. And maybe mm-hmm. that little bit of thrill that they get feeds the next baby step. And I think when you parent a kid with anxiety, we we want so badly for to, to just rip it off and make make them not the way they are. But you can't. Um, I have one more really quick story about picky, yeah. picky eating, which adventure in eating is there's totally adventure. Yeah. So um, we're up with my family right now and dinner was fish tacos. And depending on what is served, I do sometimes make like a kid friendly side dish. It kind of depends. It depends on how much the kids are going to hate what the adults are eating. So some nights I put some toast and peanut butter out. Some nights I don't. And it's just kind of case by case. So it was fish tacos and I decided not to, I didn't do anything kid friendly. So other than chips, like other than chips, Reed like literally sat down and was like, I don't like anything at this table, which is a some, <laughs> like something he says frequently. And I said, I don't know how we said it, but he's he even though he's picky, he really likes spicy things and kind of strong flavors. So I said, well, you know, this is what's for dinner. Just this is why don't you put some fish on a tortilla and see if you like that spice rub that dad did. And then I said, well, you might actually like it a little more with that salsa because you liked the spicy earlier on your chips. OK, so we put some salsa on. And then I was like, well, actually, why don't you just put a whole fish taco together like the grownups do and just just try a bite. And I don't know why that idea, why he said, okay, that time, because any other time in the last nine years, 
He'd have been like, no, I'm eating a plain tortilla and I'm going to complain mm-hmm. about it. And that's it. But little by little, he put some salsa on and then he put this like cabbage slaw. And like the kid who doesn't eat anything ate a fish taco with a spice rub, a cabbage slaw with sauce and and spicy salsa. And we yeah. all just like looked at him and we're like, like what, what is even happening right well, now? Well, he just got there. Like he just got there. He just there. got there. And he yeah. felt so he felt so proud of himself. He was like, mm-hmm. I guess I like fish tacos now. Like, right. and we really like going back to what I was saying about kind of celebrating those moments. Like I, I really acknowledged like how far he'd come and he felt really proud of it. And it's like, you don't get those moments without all the other times where you're like, well, right. let's just try a bite, let's just try a bite. <laughs> you know, <Yep. laughs> like, so anyway, that was a, a recent win. I love that. That's a great story. And I, I have two other things to yeah, say. One, go for it. I think that it's really easy for us to look back um, remember how we've talked about how you remember things all skewed from yes. when you were a kid and to really, um, what's the word I'd be looking for? Like to totally misjudge the age at which we got comfortable doing certain things. Ooh, like yeah. <clears throat> when you say things like, Oh, like it's so easy to think, Oh, my kid is at the perfect age for riding a roller coaster because at, at their age, I loved roller coasters. And I bet you there's yeah. like a, 80% chance that is not true. <laughs> I bet you what you're actually remembering is like three years later, but it feels like you were seven when you were 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like when I think about things like the books, I assume a kid is ready for, because I seem to remember reading that book when I was their age. And then when I really think about it, I'm like, did I though, did I really do that? Or when did I get comfortable jumping off the diving board? Yeah. I, you know, assume I was like six. Nope. I think I was like nine. Like, you know, yeah. sometimes we have this very skewed idea in our head of when a kid is going to love something. Yeah. And I think we tend to skew young. And I think it's optimism, like, because we want them to suck as much marrow out of the bones yeah. of life as they can. We want them to have these magical childhoods and like squeeze every bit of fun that they possibly can out of the childhoods. And we forget the ages five to 10 that are kind of a, I don't know, like just sort of in my mind, I don't really even remember very clearly those ages. I think that's Um, so true. And when you've parented through the little years, which are in a lot of ways, not very fun and adventurous, when you've gotten up to age four or five, it's almost like you want to unleash all of the things at once. (laughs) I see this with parents enrolling kids in different sports and activities too. And I think, oh gosh, they're going to have, they're going to do so much better at that in a couple of years. But you see the excitement about the soccer uniform and the, you know, and it's like this, the, the floodgates or the fire hose, like, let's just do all the fun things. So yeah, I think that's such a, such a good point that our, our rosy memory is, is probably not accurate. It's probably, it's probably just a few years off, Yeah, you know, like a, and they're still going to have so much fun. Like maybe they miss between the years of six to eight, whatever the experiences you want them to have, but they're still going to have it whenever they get around to having yeah. it. Like now Reed will eat fish tacos for the rest of his life. <laughs> and he's going to have a lot of fish tacos yeah. in his life. So yes, he missed a few, you know, <laughs> he missed a few in there, but that's okay. Cause he's, he got there. Um, I wanted to mention one other thing that about older kids. Yeah. We've talked a lot about younger kids and just on the end to, um, once they kind of get to a place where it's not necessarily fear, but sometimes just that teenage surliness mm-hmm. or whatever it is that's keeping them from it. I try to like, I try to just give it out in appropriate doses mm-hmm. my like making them do stuff. So an example, like last week, um, we went out to a friend's late cottage and Owen, I knew was not going to want to go. It was the first weekend after school got out. So he feels it is a basic human right for him <laughs> to sit around to do nothing. Yep. And play video games and like, like just veg out. So he feels entitled to that. So I knew this wasn't going to go down well. Like I knew this pill was going to be hard to swallow. Yeah. Um, so I didn't ask him, do you want to go? 
I said, we are going. And he said, okay. But then when we got there, like they had kayaks and I just wanted to sit for a minute. So I asked him if he'd take Clara out, like the two of them would go out in the kayaks and he didn't want to. And he just resisted, resisted, resisted. And finally, I think he realized there was no point. There was nothing else to do. There was no TV. There was no, he, he couldn't have his phone with them. Like he had to do something. And they ended up like doing all the things. Like they yeah. ended up on one of those giant lily pad things in the middle of the lake, throwing each other off the lake. But there was a bunch of like a gaggle of kids. He ended up playing wiffle ball for hours. Um, he did end up paddling with Clara quite a bit and loved it. Now, I'm not probably going to do that again for a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just going to give it a, like a little breathing space now because it was such a good experience that I think the next time I try to yank him away from his comfortable routine for five hours probably won't be the following weekend. Yeah. It might be like a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? It's like you gotta you gotta kind of meet them work with what the material yeah, meet you them, got. Meet them where they are, and you're probably yeah. also not gonna be like like you're not gonna be like, see, Owen, wasn't that fun? Like, right, you, exactly. You almost like don't want to mention it. Like, I didn't no, say anything. I just said, oh, good time, huh? Nobody looked now, but the teenager like, yep. is enjoying themselves. Like exactly. nobody say anything. Nobody so. say don't acknowledge it. Yes, yeah. do not. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, the last kind of big topic I want to get into is we've talked on this show recently about the helicopter parenting in general and this idea of raising independent kids who can advocate to them for themselves and all of that I'm just curious how how we see adventure relating to this I think that I think it does I think it's kind of its own thing but maybe overlaps a little bit um and that's both both with kids who naturally are unadventurous like we've talked about and and the goal is to push them a little bit and then also if a kid is a super thrill seeker and needs to be reined in but yet we still want them to experience the consequences of their own action so it's like this dance right yeah um i can go first on this one yeah, just a couple thoughts um i was a kid who like just didn't seek out thrill and adventure and was content you know indoors and following the rules um so while i think these two things are related i i also think that i got the skills needed to be adventurous in other ways and still you know while still being my own you know kind of safe indoor self as a kid um so in the gift of failure jess Leahy uses this term autonomy supportive parenting which means we're not like walking away and letting them fend for themselves but we're we're like kind of just at the edge of letting kids become autonomous. Um, And I think what that did for me is I was always a good problem solver. I was never afraid. I didn't have stuff done for me. Like Mm. I wasn't afraid to get on the phone and, and, you know, do some research or um, figure out how to solve a problem. Um, I I advocated for myself. I didn't, um, my parents weren't like in the middle of me and teachers. Um, Mm. And so I think as a result, even though I wasn't naturally adventurous, I had all those same skills that we're hoping for our kids when we're not, when we're trying not to helicopter. And, and that left me in a place where I'm, I'm capable of having an adventure when, and if I choose, does that make sense? So like, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where I'm going with my kids as well. Not so much about um, like forcing adventure on them, but giving them the skills to embrace adventure when it comes. I, I, this is totally not what I was going to talk about, but I had lunch yesterday with a high school, a friend of mine who's a high school teacher. And she was saying that she's planning a trip overseas um, and that kids have been dropping out really close to the, to the date of the trip because of so much anxiety, like Mm. they, and how much of a problem that is today with kids um, because 
of all these things, the expectations of them, the, I guess, like, I mean, she was tying it to social media. I mean, we could go down a huge rabbit mm-hmm. hole with that. But she said, like, that never happened. Like, when she was a kid, mm-hmm. like, if you were signed up for a, an overseas trip, like, you probably went on the trip. And so there is something different happening mm. now with the way, with how kids are so capable, but now they feel they're less capable somehow. Um, yeah. Because they're they have to do so much, yeah. but like, it's not the basic stuff like calling and ordering a pizza. Right. Or, you know, there's just those small, like life skills have been kind of shoved aside for something like more intense. And it's sad. Like I, I really want my kids to have those basic problem solving skills. Um, yeah. That make it so that something like that feels like manageable. And it does when we, going back to that more than mom episode, we shared adventures we had, you and I, as mm-hmm. kids and as young adults. We talked about getting lost. We talked about um, traveling abroad, not speaking a language. We talked about, um, you know, taking a non traditional path to motherhood or career. And those are the things that happened in our 20s, but they are built on skills and experiences we had much, much younger. Yes. I mean, as young as this, you know, five to 10 school age that we were just talking about. So it, 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 yeah, it feels like, it feels like a daunting task. I think hopefully we're, we're making strides, right but direction. like, otherwise, yeah. otherwise you could accidentally end up with uh, that, what we're talking about, the, the kids who don't, you know, who are anxious about going abroad and canceling out of a trip. And yeah, yeah. because, and I think because the stakes feel higher, like, when I when we were kids, I felt like, you know, if if we went abroad and screwed something up, it'd be OK. Like we yeah. figure it out. And I think that's the part that maybe kids aren't seeing the fault the, all the way around. The, yeah. Like the, yeah. I did this. I messed this thing up. Guess what? I still got there. It's all OK. Like they're yes. not seeing the end of the story yes. because there's a gap in the middle that we're not allowing them to have. And so I think that that's yeah, it is really important. Um, And, you know, you mentioned like you you were talking a little bit about thrill seeking and safety and stuff like that. And I, I guess if I had anything to end with a thought to just kind of wrap it all up with, it's that I really don't think adventure always has to be that like Mm -hmm. nothing's truly scary, physically risky. I mean, life is risky, right? But like, (laughs) but no more physically risky than life Um, or even thrilling, but like it's curiosity Mm -hmm. about the world around you, which we all have innately. Yes. But then the next step is like being willing to be a little uncomfortable yes. to secu- like to experience that curiosity and then learn from it. And that's, it is the cycle. It's the whole circle and kids need to have time and space and ability to make their decisions. And they need to make mistakes and screw up and be disappointed and hurt and uncomfortable. Like all those things have to happen. Like if you think about it, even something like making a friend or falling in love or like talking to your grandma because she's old and weird yeah. and like that could be uncomfortable for you that's an adventure yes because there's risk involved and you don't know it's going to happen um but they need we they need us to trust them and to yeah it out. everything you just said is like the the money that is the that is the thing of this whole episode that was so good um in particular the curiosity the willingness to turn over the stone and then the yeah. basic trust that you have the the ability to deal with it if there's yep. a spider under the rock to right. continue to continue <laughs> it will not kill you the, the metaphor <laughs> um okay well just for fun do you have any adventuring goals with your family in the near future like something specific that you want to do want to try or that's already planned well it's funny i i wasn't even putting in my mind these two things together um before but now i kind of am like i said earlier I'm really good with projects. I'm really good with big things. Like we've got a camping trip coming up at the end of the summer. I'm sure we'll do at least one or two more. 
um, that will just kind of come up spontaneously. And what I'm not as good at is remembering to incorporate little things into like the day to day. So this is just a funny example. Last night I took the dog for a walk after dark. It was, you know, and here it doesn't get dark till pretty late. It was like 9 30, 10 o'clock. Um, and I wasn't taking her for a super long walk, but I was, I just needed to get her out for a little bit because it was a long, hot day yesterday and I didn't get a chance to walk her. And so Clara and Owen were kind of getting ready for bed. And I said, okay, I'll be back in like 20 minutes. And so I'm walking and I'm like down probably half a block away and I hear this pounding footsteps behind me <laughs> and I turn around and it's Clara and Owen running at me. And my initial thought was like, almost to get mad. Like, yeah. how dare you leave the house? It's after dark. Like I didn't invite you. And then I thought, I mean, I'm like within, I can see my house from yeah. here. We live in this very quiet neighborhood. Like, Nothing is going to happen. And I wanted to send them home because it felt weird out being out with my kids after dark. And yeah. then I thought, well, that's dumb. They're with their mother. Yeah. Like, what is going to happen? And it's so summer it's, and they're and it's 10 summer, and 13. And they don't have any yeah. place to go tomorrow. And they're 10 and 13. And I just said, hey, OK, let's go for this walk. And it was actually really fun because like Owen was like having Clara time him running up and down the street Aww. and then. He was telling me all these fun, funny little stories. It's a much easier to get a teenager to talk to you when you're walking side by side in the dark and not looking at each other. <laughs> and he wasn't saying anything in particular, but just, you know, funny little things that he was talking about. And, and then I got home and thought, well, we could do that all the time. Like, yeah. I don't know why I was so resistant to it. I think because my day to day routine is I walk the dog yeah. by myself yep. <laughs> and it's quiet and the kids are home in bed, which is where they're supposed to be, because that's why that's the rule. Right. Yeah. But like. It was so easy to just kind of let that go and say, it's summer, guys. We're just going to do this. And I think little stuff like that, I would like to be more mindful about incorporating. I love that so much. I love you? that story. Um, <laughs> well, I like as I said, with the ages of our kids, I'm like, I'm seeing all of the adventure possibilities. So I am interested in international travel, um, but I'm very intimidated by the jet lag and the long flight situation, neither of which I'm super great at dealing with myself, but with mm-hmm. three kids. So that's just something I would like to kind of push through that and maybe just set a goal for a couple years down the road to do something international. Um, I, I would love to do camping again as a family. We've done it once. The littlest was two, and this would be mm. way different. Um, and then I'm also really interested in doing a family camp. Do people do that around you, like where you go away to summer camp as a family and there's activities? Um, and I've never heard of such a thing, no. So I think, I think so. um, like churches and stuff go to family camp a lot. There's a lot of religious oh, ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, I take that back. I think it is a church thing around here. And I, but there, been, I went to someone as a kid. Yeah, so there are some that are not religiously affiliated. and And you can have your own little cabin as a family, or you can stay in more like... Um, not 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 true bunk dorm. Like you would still have your own yeah. room. So there's ways to have it. It's it's definitely not like your sleeping bags in the woods. But you have the fun of summer camp archery and canoeing and all these things as a family. And someone else that's is nice. planning and organizing. And I just think that sounds really fun. So that's a it does sound really cool. fun. I'll put in a little plug for Michigan. Michigan is an excellent place to take kids camping because the the nature is just a little less grand and. <laughs> Um, scary like the bugs are small here Appro- and like approachable nature it's approachable nature like there's no scorpions like there's no like you know if this if there's snakes they're almost 100% not poisonous and you never see them like it's just right. it feels like a very I don't know it's approachable it's a good I feel way like you it. could come up with a travel slogan for Michigan <laughs> like, Michigan camp- it's approachable <laughs> camping in Michigan won't scare your kids right um <laughs> <laughs> all right well we have got to wrap up but you are going to queue up another podcasty friend of ours correct 
Yeah, so we want you guys to check out the podcast Spawned. Spawned is a parenting podcast hosted by Kristen Chase and Liz Gumbenner from Cool Mom Picks. You guys are probably familiar with Cool Mom Picks. It goes way, way back. And Kristen and Liz are friends who go way, way back. So I always like to, you know, we love when there's like a group of or a, a do some of friends like us to yeah. do a show. I think it's always really fun to listen to. They're very funny. And sometimes it's just the two of them talking, but they also have great um, interviewees come on like LeVar Burton and Jenna and Bodie Elfman, amazing parenting authors, experts and awesome people. So check out Spawned with Kristen and Liz wherever you listen to the Mom Hour, or you can easily find them at coolmompics.com. And if you keep listening to the end of this episode, you will hear a little more about the show in Kristen and Liz's words. Yeah, so go check that out, Spawned. Okay, we have to wrap up, but we will be back with you guys soon. And Megan, this was really fun. This was fun. Hey, I'm Kristen. And I'm Liz. We're the editors of CoolMomPicks.com and the co-hosts of Spawned, the award-winning podcast about parenting and parenting culture. Ooh, award-winning. We sound so fancy. I know. We sound very fancy, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) So when you subscribe to Spawned, you'll catch celebrity guests, interviews with authors, discussions about hot-button topics from screen time management to product recommendations to the worst beauty trends that no one should ever try. That's a very good episode, by the way, if you need one to start with. We are usually pretty non-judgy, but like the eyelash extensions in the nostril, that is a real thing and don't do it. And if you can't tell by now, it's like a fun half hour with your girlfriends, us, only you don't have to make us coffee or serve snacks or even put on your pants. So we have to say true girlfriends will never make you wear pants. Right. Unless they have pockets, then they're much better than regular pants. (gasps) Yes, that's true. So search for Spawn Parenting Podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast App. Which you're probably listening to right now. So you're already one step closer.